This is the Tame Aperture Podcast. Open the pod bay doors, please, Hal. Hello, Hal, do you read me? Do you read me, Hal? Do you read me, Hal? Affirmative, Dave. I read you. I read you. I read you. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Come on down and jump on this shit. I can't always have that. Sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Welcome to the Tame Aperture Podcast, where we talk all things movies from first-time directors, indie films, art house, and much, much more. Today on the podcast, we talk the 2006 sci-fi horror film, Slither, by director James Gunn. Wilsey is a small town where not much happens, and everyone minds their own business. No one notices when evil slips in quietly, but when people find mutilated livestock and a woman goes missing, Sheriff Party discovers an alien organism that threatens to devour all life on Earth. The film was released in March 31st, 2006 and directed by James Gunn. I'm Gabe Vienendahl, filmmaker, film instructor, and movie enthusiast, and I'm joined, as always, by veteran podcaster, editor, and co-host Alan Martindale. And once again today, the pleasure of Mr. Jurassic Park t-shirt himself and long hair freak, Brandon Richardson, filmmaker, film worker, film guy. How is everybody? How the hell are you? Well, first of all, you have to say goodbye to the locks. You're cutting it? Cut your hair? Tuesday. Why? You have to explain quickly before we get into Slither why you have to cut the hair or why you've chosen to. It's starting to annoy me. Are you going to donate? <laughs> Hell yeah. Nice. Nice. Good man. Yeah. Good man. You I bet. had a feeling you would. How Easy. long does it have to be to donate? Is there a certain length? Some places have certain lengths, but most, most like, just I think minimum's like eight inches, which I got. Well, I'll tell you, I'll take those. They're beautiful locks. Look at that. Yeah, they're beautiful. You're going to make someone happy. I'm happy that you're yeah. doing that. That's good. What are you going to do? Buzz cut or just short military? What are you going for? What's the look we're going to try to envision here Tuesday? I, I told my wife she could choose this one. Damn. So, you are. Go like, like parted. You know what I mean? Like parted down the middle. You're a nice Long, guy, Brennan. Longer on top or buzz cut? I don't know. I, I, I'm not choosing. I don't know. Oh, you don't get to choose at next, all. I, next, I'll be wearing uh, polo shirts and boat shoes. He's cleaning <laughs> up his act. He's becoming a, a productive member of society. Absolutely not. <laughs> if there's anything, I'm going to have to ramp it up after this haircut. Yeah, no so. shit, right? <laughs> yeah, better than that, we're doing great. Yeah. Alan, how you doing? I'm good. So, watching this movie. My wife's just just popped her head in the in the room and gave me the Uh-oh. look. Oh, we, Lisa, what what haircut is Brandon going to have on Tuesday? None, because he moved his hair appointment without me knowing. No, it just she made me move it to five thirty. You can't come anymore. Oh no! Now Uh-oh. Lisa can't give you Uh-oh. the style. You can't come now. I don't know. No, she's totally We'll coming. see. You'll just have to wait till next week. Stay tuned. Stay just tuned. send a bunch Stay of reference tuned. pictures to, <laughs> yeah, your, to the stylist. Exactly. Tell them that you wanted to look like this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so do you guys think, um, I was trying to figure this out as I was watching this movie. Do you think James Gunn loves his penis or hates his penis? <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. First and foremost, I have to address this question as an opener to this podcast. This might be the most interesting question that's ever been proposed as a right out the gates. 
I couldn't figure it out. Does he does he love his penis or hate it? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to Brand, Brandon for uh, this one because Brandon? I'm such a fan of the film. Yes, because you are the 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 consummate you know uh, resident our resident uh, slither expert. He absolutely hates his penis. Okay, that's I was kind of leaning towards that, but then there were some other times it was like. Man, it's just so over the top that he's got to have some sort of infatuation. Maybe it's a love-hate thing. Yeah. Can you give more context into that question and why that popped into your head first and foremost? I admittedly, Alan, uh, don't have the answer. I'll, like I said, defer to Brandon. But can you explain yourself right out the gates? I'm curious about what this film prompted those questions in your head. Well, you watched the movie, right? Of course. So you saw the nonstop phallic symbols that were just like over the top to the point where it's like, okay, okay. We can dial it back a a little bit. Give a couple examples. Well, I mean, is this movie about rape? Like, because it really felt like it was. Well, this podcast is going way. So we watched a different movie and I love it. This is where this is. uh, Maybe I wasn't going in with my head on straight because a lot of times, you know, you know me and and we like, I like to overanalyze something or look into it deep. And I love that Alan's. You know what? I'm sorry. That was. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. But now that you're saying that, I'm going to go, oh shit, I missed the whole point. Um, So No, uh, no pun intended. I shouldn't have just dropped. I should have at least given a little bit of a trigger warning because I understand that's a very sensitive thing. I probably shouldn't have just dropped it that hard. I don't think, I think, I think I need to go rewatch the movie. I think we watched two different movies. I, and because when, when they are, I mean, when the tentacle comes out of his stomach. Yeah. And it forces itself into a woman's stomach and she's screaming and squirming and trying to get away. And he is obviously in a lot of, he's having a lot of pleasure at that moment. Like it's to me, it wasn't even like buried the subtext. It just felt like it was. Yeah, that particular. Right I there. agree. I see and what he, you're saying, and that happened multiple times. So right. Well, let's get in, let's let's break it. Let's go backwards because that happens a little bit further into the movie. Right. That's that's thirty ish oh. minute, twenty thirty minutes into the movie. So we'll get there, and then we'll readdress this question because now you're bringing up something that's is is mind-blowing for and, me. I did not consider it in this vein. And I am sorry for being so flippant about it. I, I should have probably been a little you're bit not, more though. sensitive you're, before. You don't, and you don't need to be sorry. I'm like, I think I'm literally right now, Alan, I'm like, damn, I'm an idiot. I missed the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I feel bad because it is a, it's a heavy topic to just, you know, throw out there. Maybe that's why I'm like underprepared to start talking about rape right out the gate. Yeah, well, I don't think many people are prepared for it, so I no, apologize. That's not, that's not something that I usually prepare for. However, I think you're hinting on something. Brandon, let's start with this question, and then we'll get back to Alan's because I think it's important. Yeah, so he's, he's covered penis and rape. Okay, now now what's up? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got all the why hard did... topics out of the way. Yeah. Okay. Now we can lighten it up a little bit. Well, let's do it easy. I'm going to just, this is a, a throwaway. This is a throwaway question. Right. Why did you choose this movie? We, now, last week we did, with a knife to your throat, top five horror movies of all time. Brandon put this movie in his top five. What about the movie, Brandon, constitutes a top five for you? In, and what do you like so much about it? It's a little bit of, a little bit of nostalgia 
sort of just because when we all first watched it, I was like with a bunch of buds and it was so ridiculous and so fun that we just, it just kind of has a special place in my heart just because of the context and where I was at the time when we yeah. watched the first time. Now let me follow up question to that. <clears throat> Cause that makes sense. Were you high? See what I actually wasn't high. I okay, wasn't just high checking. Um, 2007, I would know. Um, no, I, I was not. Um, I'm a big Nathan Villion fan, also, and so it's kind of coming off the we just watched the Firefly situation, and so I'm a big fan of his. I like, I just like, I just like him on screen because he just doesn't give a shit. Like that was a good show too, Firefly. Yeah. Fantastic. It, it really didn't give get its 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 day in court. Like it felt yeah. like it was just under under uh, marketed. Mm-hmm. Correct. So so we got nostalgic, sentimental reasons, and that makes sense. I'm um I think all, there's always everyone has at least a few of those movies, right? Sure. Where it, it takes you back to some time or some place in your life or whatever it is. I get that 100. Yeah. percent And the Nathan Fillion thing, I agree with because I think he's to me he's probably uh acting wise of course and even though his parts it's not minimal but it's it's not he's not in it doesn't feel like he's in every scene until the end maybe when he really starts getting more heavily involved but he is the best he is the best character of the movie for me yeah alan okay so we got we got that out of the way now back to rape (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) um now brennan with a follow-up to Alan with, with his question, did you see that innuendo or did you notice those subtextual tones when you watched this movie? 100% no. I really? Never, really? Because no. it's an alien. He's just taking over. Like, there's no difference between, like, zombies and, and, and va- vampires taking over people. I mean, this is... Yeah, well, this is see, well I, I think zombies and I, especially vampires, I think there is some some sexual subtext with vampires, but it's more subtle. This is just like, here's a slug being forced into a woman's mouth. Like it's like, there are just so many scenes where it's, it was almost uncomfortable for me because it felt like, wow, he is really just, he is not even trying to hide what this is about at this point. Like it just felt really on the nose and which made it uh, a lot more uncomfortable. But it's, but it, it was not gender specific. True, true. Good point. Because you just man, woman didn't matter. So I, I maybe that's what I didn't associate it with, just because it wasn't just man on woman. Yeah, but tell that to the guy in prison. It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah? It doesn't matter. <laughs> man, woman, he don't care. He don't care. The he slug won't. will enter. The, sl- <laughs> the slug <laughs> wants what it wants. Now I, now I'm not, I had a couple ideas and notes and I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm like totally thrown <laughs> off my game. I'm like, I missed this whole movie. Alan's coming in with the hot takes and now I'm not prepared to go toe to toe with Alan on this, this deeper issue. I'm just going to sit back, relax and watch you two talk. You can't do that. <laughs> you chose this movie and it's in your top five horror it's films of five. all time. On the fly, but yes. Oh, now we're getting, now we're, okay, okay. <laughs> also, uh, but before I forget, I, we had a bunch of people chime in on their top five horror movies. So at some point we got to run through those because there's some good ones in there that I totally yeah. forgot about. Oh, nice. Let's do, yeah, let's do it. Um, cool. uh, 
we'll go through. Run us through a quick rundown of this movie, Brandon. What, and I mean from a narrative perspective, what do we have going on, right? From kind of quick one minute run through with a knife to your throat. <laughs> Tell us this, what this movie is I mean, about. It, yeah, it's a sleepy town. There's some jerks, which makes it always easier for them to, to, to die, which is great. There's a good sheriff. There's a good sheriff. There's a there's a ditzy sheriff relay person played by Jenna Fisher, which one of my favorite moments is when he's just run through the damn story. Oh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, but this is one of my favorite moments. Oh, let's give this. Let's give the audience a, a context to what there is we're even talking about here before so, we're talking about penises, phalluses, and rape. I know. We had to turn the audience off right off the bat. I'm good at that. So the, the movie opens with this alien landing on planet Earth somewhere. I don't remember where it is. It's like Canada. Willsey. Willsey. It's a small Florida. town. Small town. And it uh, takes over one of his, one of the rich citizens who's married to this woman. And it's Michael starts, Rooker. Michael Rooker, whose performance is awesome as always he's just yeah, he's always good. a perfect asshole yeah perfect asshole but it's weird because this this we get like this this creature is kind of like super ancient and so it's done this a million times but it, it kind of merges the personality a little bit with whoever it's uh taking over so you get a little bit of both personalities which is interesting so basically he starts taking over the town bit by bit he impregnates this lady with a bunch of little slugs. She blows up to insane proportions. And then the little blows up and goes all over and starts taking over the town. And then Nathan Fillion with a few, with his ragtag group of people has to start taking them down and figuring out how to save the town. The yokels. The there, yokel. There's no, there's no mob greater than a slack jawed yokel mob. Correct. I mean, is there another kind? I don't think there is. And there shouldn't be. There shouldn't be. So this so, whole socialism. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, we have extra. Ex, this is what was confusing about the movie to me and, and uh, was the elements that, that I liked. And then I got confused on what it was trying to be so many things at one time. And, and it was, you know, it's like you had the symbiotic relationship of this alien being that overtook a man and then the man started to germinate if you will and spread his seed across the town in in some way which which were these little slugs that would then go and infiltrate into the people and become part of the main being right and then at the same time while they were doing that you had the people that were getting taken over by slugs looking like and feeling like zombies. And it was just like a weird, there were so many things going on. I was trying to, what's that? It's more like pod people than anything. It's a mishmash of a lot of different horror. I don't want to say tropes because that has a little bit of a negative connotation, but different horror movies. Like there, you got some zombie stuff in there. You have like the pod people in there. You've got there's like a nod to Nightmare on Elm Street in there. Like it's there's a lot of really cool stuff that they do. And Gabe, I, I know Brandon probably hasn't seen this movie, but you think James Gunn is a fan of society? 
hundred percent. Hundred percent. That like when it becomes a, a mash of people all smashed together, like I'm thinking this is society. The first there's a scene towards the end where the guy undresses and you see the naked ass of a fat man. Yes. Just- and he merges into the pod of people as the symbiotic being, the one many organisms being one organism. And that was a total, you know, nod or ripoff to society. It was so, I mean, it has to be a nod, right? Because if it's that blatant, you can't like, there's just, it's. Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably a fan, right? I right, mean, he grew right. up in the 80s. He probably saw it multiple times, loved it. He probably saw it. So I, I it was just like, there were a lot of things going on. I don't think there are tropes either. I mean, there are some. I mean, the good sheriff is what he is. Yeah. The, the, I mean, there's certain things. Uh, the thing about it that I did enjoy was it. I mean, look, it's fun, right? So it's one. It's like a, now, but now is it though? And now I go, Alan. Can I even watch it again without thinking about what you were talking about before? Is it fun? And maybe I missed the whole concept. So this is a this is a good question for the greater audience, which is: Is James Gunn just trying to have fun, or was he? Ha- did he have an underlying theme or message going on? I think he was trying to have fun because even at one point a character is watching uh, the toxic Avenger. And I don't know if, if anyone's familiar with that, but it's, are you guys familiar with trauma films? Like it's a, it's a distributor. It, it, it is a film production company run by oh, Lloyd okay. Kaufman. It's, like the most, like when you think of B horror movies, I think I've heard awful, of them, but I don't know. Cheesy, terribly slapped together, gratuitous nudity, nudity, gratuitous violence, over the top, cheat, like just awful movies. That's what trauma is. And they're watching the Toxic Avenger. I mean, you can tell he's a fan of trauma too. So I think he is trying to have fun. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't think he was trying to make some comment on rape or, you know, whatever. I just think it was. It's just, I mean, with this kind of story, it it almost has to go into that territory. So domestic just, abuse. Just silence. <laughs> <laughs> Good podcast. Good well, podcast. We like to keep it keep like, it moving, keep the talk yeah, going. Yeah. Alan has a good poignant statement and then silence for silence in, in seconds. What's interesting about that Michael Rooker character is that Again, the the alien kind of makes him nicer to his wife than he had before. But is that now, you know, now that uh, Alan's ruined my favorite, you know, horror movie, um, am I thinking, is he just like grooming her to to do the situation or is or is the symbiotic life form within him actually feeling that love that was so buried within the Michael Rooker character that it's so powerful that's coming out, but just because he's a natural asshole, he buries that and men have a hard time going for their feelings, but this lifted that veil and allowed him to explore it. Both could be possible. I don't know. That's a very good question. And it looks like Gabe is, Oh no, not frozen. I thought he was frozen. Uh, That's a very good question. Uh, I'm never frozen, Alan. Okay, I just I'm in deep thought now. <laughs> I took the fun right out of a fun horror movie. Yeah, it's cool. No, but that's <laughs> that's a good point because he is he he does I, he does show that he loves her once he becomes kind of possessed by this monster, mm-hmm. and he does show that he wants to treat her well, but he's just such an asshole 
So I don't know. That's that's a good point. I don't know. Well, I think I think it's fair to say that he's 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 more interested in himself than he is in anybody else. I don't think that I'm going to take a, a jump on the other side and go. I think he's he's grooming her for his his own purposes. I don't th- I don't think that he really even if there's an underlying tone of of caring for her, it's really just a form of manipulation to get what he wants. But he doesn't go he because he has the opportunity to. I mean, he was ready to do the you know turn her into the giant you know slug making monster in the shower. But he doesn't, and then he goes to this, you know, poor waitress. Which a funny B- BTS thing. She actually didn't read the entire script and agreed to the film, and then uh, was slightly horrified when she found out she was going to turn into, you know, an eight foot pimple. Oh my know. god! Well, yeah. Imagine walking in and finding out that you're that's that's your character's fate. Yeah. Read the exactly. script. You got to read the script, man. What, that's just, that's, an, I have no sympathy there. Read the damn script. Read the script. Yeah. How do you join a movie and not read the script? Well, she, she finished reading the script on the plane to the shoot. And she was like, <laughs> well. She was probably so excited just to get the gig. Yeah. That it didn't yeah. matter what it was until she realized what was happening. And by the way, there is some really good gore, really good practical effects. The CGI is dated now um i imagine at the time it was fine but they used it sparingly which is great yeah yeah they did but i i really like like when the dude gets split open and his guts fall out i mean that reminded me of bone tomahawk a little bit yeah can can we say though i'm curious about this alien being Mm -hmm. right i don't know that i love that storyline i just don't love what's that the fact that it's just an alien that causes yeah, all. Yeah, it's just like the it just I wanted it to go in another direction. I'm not even sure which direction. I think that it that's what got confusing for me. Maybe I'm just too basic. Maybe I'm too simple. And I have an alien introduction to a story that seems very sci-fi and then it turns into to something else like the I for being such an advanced species. Like I always think the way they set it up with the alien is that you would think that they're these advanced species. They're smarter. They're more intellectual. They're more capable. They're more whatever. And then he's just some big blob. <laughs> he's a parasite. It's a parasite. Okay. Yeah. So it's not so much an advanced species as it is just some kind of form of extraterrestrial parasite. That's the way I I looked at it. And and then there was a a little flashback to another planet that it had taken over and it was more kind of like dinosaur like creatures. So here's the way I interpreted it. I I interpreted it as this is the first world where it is taking, it is finding another intelligent life form that it has to face off against. And so it's not quite as simple to defeat. <clears throat> that's the way I took it. I don't know. I'm probably reading too much into it, but that's how that's no, how that I makes sense. I think that was the confusing part for me, though, if that if you understand what I'm saying, which was like I always I, I guess and it's just pre, it's preconceived notions, right? It's like, oh, aliens are advanced species. You know what I mean? Culturally, we're like, oh, yeah, aliens are going to be the most of the time. This is how we consider it. Right. They have mm-hmm. the technology. They have the advancement. Then it comes and it's just this big blob and you're like okay we can take that 
So that's what was confusing. But I think with what you're saying, that that puts a little better context into it for me. Um, Grant, who's the uh, the the person that uh, that that the parasite infects, impregnates Brenda. That's what you were saying, Brent, uh, Brandon. Was the actress who plays Brenda didn't read the script and didn't know she was going to be a 15 foot tall pimple? Yes. <laughs> she he impregnates exactly. her with back, yeah. hundreds of offspring, which I assume are the slithers. They're the slugs, the snaky, lizardy kind of things that literally slither around and take over other beings, right? I think what there's there's two levels of what happens. Um and she the the girl that was in the bathtub, so she was linked to them for a minute because it was so deep before she got it out. Explained that there's people that that are that make more of them and then there's other people that go out and get food for the reproduction. So it's like they're the queens and then there's uh worker bees that go uh, out. I didn't so catch that. that. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That's yeah, for me I was a that was that's a good point then because I was a little bit unsure. I think her name's Kylie, the the teenage girl that get that you're speaking to. Yes. And she gets Okay, so she got information because that symbiotic relationship went so far she could see the past. And that's when you saw the flashback. It was all during that. Yeah. Okay, I remember that. I just wasn't it happens and if you don't if you you got to watch it to really I wasn't watching. I was probably sipping back on a drink and being like, what's this shit? And then, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, that makes, that makes a little bit of sense. And so can, can anyone explain to me, one of the things about this creature that also was confusing was the desire and need for meat. I think it, it was just blood? hungry. I think it's just hungry. Like I think, um, and it needs to feed its babies. Yeah. So when he captures that that woman and chains her up, she's a prisoner because she's incubating his children, essentially. Right. And so. Well, uh, he's impregnated her. Right. Right. And then he goes out and starts feeding her to nourish her. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And then uh, and they need to eat. And so um, I think that I, I think that's what the meat is for, because. They're so hungry because they're growing and there's thousands of them, thousands of them. So yeah, that was my interpretation. Yeah. Is okay. So what now here, here's they, they blow them up with, and I'm jumping to the end. There's plenty of things for us still to discuss, but the questions that I have that I'm trying to get answered, which you guys have done good. Thank you for answering these questions. Um, Cause now I feel like I have a little better idea. Although we'll get into ratings and reviews in about 20 minutes and we'll figure out how we all really feel about this thing, Um, which I'm real excited to hear about how Alan feels after the start of this podcast. Um, Oh, you were talking about exploding the monster at the very end. Oh, yeah. So I don't mean to to jump, like I said, but it just it just wasn't hard enough. Like he just he ran first off. Okay, he he sticks the tentacle. So party chief party's been. Uh. What's the word? He's been halfway impregnated. Yeah. Because <laughs> it needs both to work. It needs both. Yeah. It's like the epoxy things. You just can't have one without the other. You need both. And so he's been he's he's prevented the other tentacle from breaking through his skin. He's holding it, right? Yep. And then he just happens to see a propane tank. This is 
this is trope to be right here. This <laughs> totally. is like cliche. Totally. What can we do? We can blow it up. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, I, tropes are, by the way, people hear the word trope and Alan, you're right. There is a negative connotation, but not really. Tropes are not necessarily a bad thing. I don't think. Sure. Because right? we're familiar. It's a form of storytelling. It's a piece to the story. So it's fine. But he grabs the propane tank and sticks the point of the tentacle into the propane tank. And then they shoot him. The propane goes into the, the being and then shoot, she shoots him and he blows up. Movie over. Movie over. It just, every, I don't know. Well, I left so what, unsatisfied, no what, pun intended. What happened to, see, all the... <laughs> all Sorry, the, Alan, uh, you started it. <laughs> I didn't catch it till I saw Brandon's reaction. Uh, so everyone else who was infected, I'll call it infected, I don't know what else to call it, they yeah. all dropped to the ground. Are they dead? Unclear. Because that's like the whole town. Yeah. So right. they looked dead because as they go on, like Chief Party and Elizabeth Elizabeth Banks character, I don't remember the character's name. They're just walking away to the next town. Remember, they he needs medical help. Starla. Starla and Bill. Starla. Yep. And they need he needs medical help because he's been basically puncture wounded in his gut by the tentacle. And nobody's moving. Yeah, I guess they're dead. There's people lying on the ground. So the town's the victim. One thing that I, I, one trope that I don't, I have a hard time with in, in all films is after a traumatic experience happens and then, you know, we, we get the climax of the film and people are dead and they've seen violence and all that. And then they're just joking around on their way out. You know, like, it's just like, you just went through some seriously traumatic shit mm-hmm. and just like, <clears throat> Hey, tell her about the time I saved you from the deer. <laughs> you know, like, it's just, as he walked by a slew of dead yeah, people, it's just like, <laughs> Dozens of dead people everywhere. Yeah, to me. And and I mean, this movie is not Citizen Kane. Like, it's not a, a master class <laughs> in storytelling. It is what it's kind of like what we talked about with Trick or Treat, where it knows what it is. It's supposed to be fun. So don't look too much into it. But still, like, it's just. But then you start of- the podcast off and you start going deep and I'm like, oh, shit. No, I think you're right. Like, I'm like, what, about, what is it? Now I'm going into this whole universe of like. What is he saying? <laughs> I'm going to uh, respectfully disagree, and I'll tell you why. I, um, you're so nice. Me and Alan just tell each other to shut the hell up. I know. <laughs> Brandon's like, I appreciate your opinion, but let me Brandon, let me let me have a counterpoint. Such a Roger Ebert decorum. Yeah. So here's my counterpoint. Um, having gone through some dramas, as we all do, you know. I've, dealt with someone trying to take their own lives and we kind of joked through it to help deal with it. So I don't know if. Good point. I mean, it's a fair point. It's a fair uh, point. It's um, and I think both sides have validity, right? But so I think I can see both sides. I, um, probably a balance in there somewhere. Yeah, there's a balance, but I can see both sides. There's a, I edited a film a couple of years ago and it's a film about, it's, it's, it's a production company who's all veterans, right? All these vets that have just seen this and just intense shit in their lives. And the movie, it's a two hour feature film is all just parody about the things they saw in war and like serious shit too. Not just like you know what I mean? Like we're talking the, the real stuff you think about when people go to war in Afghanistan and, co- and places like that. And I'm cutting this movie and I'm going, 
man, this is like some serious shit. Am I supposed to be laughing at this? And then I talked to him and this, and so Brandon, you do have a point because I talked to the director when we had a meeting and I said, man, I mean, I'm a citizen, right? I'm not an army guy. I'm not a veteran. And uh, he's like, this is how we get through it. This is how we make, not make light of, but this is how we deal with that shit. It's gallows so humor. I get, I get your point 100%. I think there's validity to both sides, right? Yeah, it's gallows humor for sure. Like that's EMTs do it a lot. Doctors mm-hmm. have to do it a lot. Like it's, it's definitely a thing. I don't know. It just seems like they're not even affected at all. I think that's what it, it's not necessarily the joking around. It's just like we're not even going to acknowledge that some tr- seriously traumatic shit. Ha- and again, yeah. I don't want to go deep into this. This is just a dumb, fun horror movie. I'm not. But it's just a thing in films that kind of irks me. It's just a little pet peeve. No, so, I, I, I get both sides. I think they're both fair points. Alan. So when Alan directs his first feature horror movie. It's going to happen. He'll have the humor at the end and then it's going to be the next day and they're going to be like, yeah, everyone's <laughs> fucked up for life. Everyone's got PTSD for life. Yeah, for sure. A year later, they're all in the funny farm, you know. Yeah, exactly. Christmas situation. Yeah. Okay. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie, though, about I, I would say I'm not going to lie. It was losing me about it took about minute 40 is when it grabbed me. I didn't mm-hmm. care about the characters. I didn't care about the situation. Uh, it was a little. It was. I don't. It wasn't slow, but it just. There was nothing that grabbed me until, until uh, what's his what's his name, Grant Michael Grant. Rooker. Grant, yeah, yeah, Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker. When his character, when he was just absolutely gone, like when they show him dragging the cow, yeah, and he is just a an absolute grotesque monster. That's when I was like, okay, now we're getting, now it's starting to get fun. Now I'm enjoying this. And then they get into the barn and they see that woman just the size of a freaking house. Like that's when I was like, okay, now, now I'm, I'm in. It took a long time to get there, but I'm in. One thing I noticed about James Gunn is in his directorial decisions. And Alan, you were saying this earlier is he has a lot of homage Mm-hmm. He has a lot of homage, which for me, I love because I'm the same way. I like to, if I can make a short film, then I'll go, I, oh, I'm always homaging something that for I sure. love. And I actually like that he does that. I mean, you mentioned the one there, it, uh, with, uh, that is a complete uh, ripoff in some sense of Nightmare on Elm Street in the tub. That shot is totally almost the exact same composition. 100%. Uh, and then I was thinking about it, and you can probably name a couple others. The other one you mentioned, the the large impregnated Brenda in the farm, who's now of size of a balloon. And I know it's not the same type of genre, but I kept thinking Willy Wonka. Yep. This is this is one hundred percent Violet oh, from Willy wow. Wonka, who's blown up because the look of it is just a big ball with a head and like little arm things. Like it, it's like it's a it's it, that's. Hundred percent, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Wow, I, I would not put those two together, but and I bet there's more in there. That was what for, for sure. me as a film buff, someone who loves movies. That was like fun to like see his little homages throughout, and there's more in there too. I mean, there's Night of the Living Dead. I mean, there's a million, and that's what yeah. makes it fun because you kind of catch them and be like, "Hey, I know what that is." And yeah. I think in that vein, you said it right, which is he knows what it is. He knows. 
the, he's not making Citizen Kane. He knows what this movie right. is. Um, and by the way, Citizen Kane is just an example. It's not that great. Um, <laughs> it's not. I just that pissed great. a whole bunch of people off. Um, I'll tell you what. It's better than Doctor Strangelove. <sighs> wow! Get off the podcast. <laughs> We're doing this again. Damn it! Get I, off. You're done. So overrated. Oh, wait, you're holding this Zoom call. I can't get. <laughs> yeah, that's Stay right. on. Just mute your mic. <laughs> no. Uh, so, but he has a lot of homage, which is a lot of fun. And this is a Universal Pictures release, which to me kind of indicates the monster, the over-the-top special effects. It, I mean, it has that vibe to it, you know, for sure. I always think about like when the, again, like that end scene when like there's actual people all stuck into this giant prosthetic. And that's dedication. I I always admire when like people are like, okay, we're doing this. I mean, and Michael Rooker with all the crap all over his face, and that just takes hours, hours, to- and and then to be in that uncomfortable setting, it where like you said, where they're just gelled together, and it's just nasty and just. Plus, I'm I'm claustrophobic. Yes, yes, that's right. I couldn't handle that, man. Brandon, you really have to watch Society. All right. You will hate it. You will, will. you will despise that movie and rightfully so because it sucks. But at the end, is this is straight up taken from that movie. I'll watch it. Yeah, it's a we have a podcast on it. I just don't think we've released it yet. Yeah, it's a terrible movie. We have about 10 in the can, Alan, so <laughs> we'll get there. If, if we're out of order, it's okay, but we do have a podcast on society. So do you know we rated those just out of I got, I just, society. I just pulled it up. So you you know Gabe. Gabe's a, a very generous grader when it comes to these films. He gave it yeah. a 5.8. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like That's how that bad much. it is. Yeah. I gave it a 6.4. 1989 society. Yeah. Yeah. It's so Go bad. check that one out. Here's what's interesting about Slither. Okay. Uh, I think it's well produced, but I also think in terms of the look and like we talked about the practical effects, things like that. And the acting's just fine. I mean, you have Nathan Fillion, Elizabeth Banks, Michael Rooker. I mean, you have good actors, right? The the dialogue to me is a little corny, but I get that it's intentional, right? But even then, it's I don't know that the story is that great for me. I what I wanted to do on this uh, segment last time we did with a knife to your throat. This time it's going to be it's I'm going to borrow this from IMDb. It's going to be more like this. I want to read through the ten or so movies that they have suggestions for based on Slither. So if you go to IMDb, oh, yeah, yeah. you can see more like this is what it's called. And at the bottom, I'm going to read through these. And of course, some of them are James Gunn films, right? So they don't know. They're just using his directorial portfolio. So Super, which is a James Gunn film. Splinter. Which sounds a lot like Slither. Feast. (laughs) The Crazies. The original? Trick or Treat is on there. Oh. Trick or Treat. 30 Days of Night. That's a great Pump- movie. 30 Days of Night is a good movie. Pumpkinhead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a great movie, too. <laughs> the Faculty. Ooh, I love The Faculty. Drag Me to Hell. Yeah. Evil Dead. Jeepers Creepers. And Alan's going to love this one. House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. They're all kind of in that vein. 
that was the, the segment, though. What of those really matches the best, if you can remember? I know there's a lot there. Definitely With the faculty. The faculty, the faculty for you, Brandon? is in there. I, I, I'd say it's pretty close. Oh, there was one. I can't remember. I can't remember which one it was. I already forgot. But people-ish. Yeah. Well, there's people. Uh, so the faculty, because it has, it, it's like the... Uh, the, well, there's an alien that comes yeah, down. Yeah, the alien the sci- type. It's yeah. got the sci-fi right, thing, right. yeah. It's like the sci-fi horror deal. Yeah. I would agree. I think the faculty is probably the closest match to this movie. Yeah. What of those is the furthest match? Well, super. Well, I mean, that probably doesn't count because that's just matching James Gunn. I haven't seen super. That's a comedy. I think they're just matching James Gunn on that one. Yeah, it's uh, Rain Wilson. From the office, um, yeah. yeah. I'm going to say that that it's the the kind of the least or the furthest away, and and correct me if I mean I think tonally, I gotta say. I mean, I think there. I, I gotta say, I mean, Thirty Days of Night's not really. It's a tonally a different movie. It's Thirty Days of Night is scary. That's what it's like. It's, it's a actually, drama horror. It's right, not. It's, it's not a comedy. There's it's no a scary ass movie. It, it's scary. It's meant to be scary. It's not to meant to be funny or fun or or anything. Like it's it's meant to be terrifying. Yeah. So I'm going to say the opposite on this. More like this is Thirty Days of Night, and the closest is The Faculty. Yeah. Those are those would be suggestions to go watch if you want to get uh, the spectrum of what this movie can offer. Even and, if you like the movie or you don't. And I didn't know this, but James Gunn, right before this, he directed... So this is his first feature, uh, Slither was, but he directed a a trauma, an episode of the Troma TV show, which is... I didn't know they even had a TV show. So he is very inspired by Troma. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so that makes Troma's sense. Troma's Edge TV, episode yeah. one, 2000. Yeah. The debut episode. <laughs> I didn't know they had a TV show. I mean, it goes to show that I always like looking at the progression of filmmakers. Yeah. You know, it's like you got James Gunn. He did a public service annou- announcement meant only for mother hamsters. This is a joke, right? It's a comedy. This is where he started, though. Writing a comedy PSA, right? <laughs> and directing a comedy PSA. That's where he kind of started. And then it leads into trauma and trauma goes up. He writes Scooby-Doo, which is actually a, a pretty good little movie for kids because I have kids. I've seen it and they like it. We watch it. So like for a kid and it's like scary, too. It's a scary kids movie. Right. Uh, so he writes. He's a good writer because he's selling scripts. And then all of a sudden he goes from that and he just he's got Dawn of the Dead in there. He uh, wait, he, did he write Dawn of the Dead? He wrote Dawn of the Dead. And that's a good remake. So he's he's a definitely a good writer. Right. Like he can definitely. Yeah. Uh, hold his own weight but then directorially he does hamster psa jumps right into slither after the trauma edge tv and then before you know it he's doing super and then all the way up to he gets guardians of the galaxy that for him in terms of scope becomes his biggest movie and actually i apparently trauma had another tv show that he directed on too in 97 which is the traumaville cafe so he's like deep entrenched he's, in trauma he's deep trauma wow he actually broke out of that that black hole that pit <laughs> he went like from deep trauma to marvel universe <laughs> what go figure man you have to be very talented to do that 
You do. I mean, at the end of the day, you do. For sure. On the poster of Slither, it says from... Well, because Donald Dead was 2004, and he wrote that. Okay. Yeah, he's a writer. Like, from the man who brought you Dawn of the Dead. Not George Romero. (laughs) Not George. Definitely not George Romero. Let's get that cleared up real quick. That's blasphemy. (laughs) That is, man. Who wrote that on the poster? Yeah. Okay, Brandon, run us through your review and your rating of Slither. Fun film, not about rape. And... (laughs) That's a hot take. <laughs> that is a hot take. It's fun because it doesn't take itself too seriously. And that, that's the kind of ones, those are, those are the horror films I tend to enjoy that have humor in them and, you know, have, have some great performances. And, you know, Michael Rickle, he'll jump into anything with both feet. Just he, he doesn't give a shit. He will do it. And that's what I, I like. I've always respected him as an actor for that just because he does just all in. And Nathan Fillion makes everything fun. Elizabeth Banks, she's pretty solid. I enjoyed the film. And so I'm going to give my rating at this point. Yes. Uh, hold off because I, okay. I do, but I want to come back to you because I forgot. I wanted to read just a couple Google reviews. Okay. So here's Google review. Slither is a gooey and gross. If it's- you're a fan of Troma or Cronenberg, you'll be used to that sort of thing. Oh, Cronenberg. I didn't even think about that. If so, there are so many winks and in-jokes to pick up on. Brundled meets, the Henenlotter parade, the plot itself is ripped from the blob and the night of, of the creeps, except there are more mutants, so there's a lot to love for that crowd, which I agree with. That's a good review, actually. Yeah. That's like a solid review. It doesn't really have a star rating on this one. She didn't put one, but she did write out. That was a good one. That was helpful. I think that's spot on. Yeah. Okay. Two out of two out of five. You may need to put your brain out to watch this movie. This is worst, comma illogical, comma biggest failure of cre- creature attacking movie. Put your brain out. I just did. I lost it reading it. Yeah. yeah brilliant. I can't even finish it. It's I'm fine. guessing that's probably English is probably their not their first language would be We've my guess. We've run into those, and that's true. And I, I hope, true. I hope, I hope English isn't their primary language because then that person's Google Translate. Yeah, I got yeah. two two more. I don't like horror movies; they give me chills. I prefer romance, rom com, comedy, and rated R romance movies. Rated two R. Out- <laughs> 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 Two out of what? two out of five stars. That might be my favorite rating of all time. What, what? They go from romance to rated R romance. Yeah, two, we're gonna up it up. We're gonna totally up, up. different genres. Okay, <laughs> don't mix them up. Don't mix those up. Don't mix <laughs> romance with rated R. Up with you know while you were sleeping. Come on. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Okay, three out of five. Love Nathan Fillion, but this film is pretty lame. Good soundtrack, though. <laughs> That's the that soundtrack. soundtrack. That's true. Okay, and then uh, five out of five, worth watching movie with decent chi and hilarious scenes. Chi as in C-H-I? Yeah. I, I'm, 
I'm a loss for words on that but one. But let's be honest. Two people on the internet found that helpful. Wow. We're putting together an hour-long podcast on this movie to give you everything, and we can barely get two people to find this <laughs> helpful. <laughs> okay, Brandon, those are our Google reviews. Now, Brandon, you've given us your review. Now give us your rating on Slither. I'm going to give it, because it's fun and the nostalgia for me personally and the fun I got to tell you about my favorite moment first because I couldn't tell it early. I love the moment. It's, it's it's a small throwaway joke, but when Nathan Fillion is radioing to Jenna Fisher, he's like, I need you to do X, Y, Z, one, two, three, whatever it is. And she just nods. And he just gets like, because he's done that a thousand times with her. It's like, you're nodding, aren't you? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> he just nods her, <laughs> correct, her, her acknowledgement on the radio. I just, because I've dealt with that, you know, because everyone's on radios in film. You're like, and it's, you just deal with that all the time. Well, so, hey, I deal with yeah. that in podcasting constantly. Oh. <laughs> like you have guests on and they do visual things like with their hands or something. And it's like, dude, it's an audio medium. It's so frustrating. So that, that, was, that was James's gun gift to all of us to have to deal with. <laughs> I like yeah. it. Um, I'm going to give it. 7.8 dead possums. Look that dead possum over there. Just a, just a bite of that dead possum. Nice. 7.8. Damn. Uh, damn, he's coming in hot. Yeah. Coming like in hot, Brandon. That is a that is a hot take right there. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, Alan, give us your summary and your rating. <clears throat> this is it's a fun horror movie that is about rape. And penises. <laughs> and uh, it's there's nothing great about it other than the practical effects and the weird monster creations. That makes it like that bumps it up probably a full point for me. If it wasn't for that, I'm this is in the sixes if I'm being generous. But this is like that makes it fun. Like that's what grabbed me. That's what I enjoyed. I didn't care about the climax of the film. I didn't care about the first act, nothing matters except for the weird effects and the creatures. That's fun. It's a fun monster movie. So that said, I'm giving it 7.0 penis worms. <laughs> okay. 7.0. Couldn't even give it an extra 10th of a, nope. of a rating. Nope. He's like, and I didn't, I didn't like the score. I didn't like it. It was too big. It was too, I don't know. Too, too big for what the film was. Uh, IMDb. IMDb comes in at 6.5. Mm. 6.5. And then you have the uh, Rotten Tomatoes, which to me is kind of surprising. Um, yeah. If I look at Slither's sk- score here on Rotten Tomatoes, we have 87% from the critics. That's 87%. I think it just... And then 63% from the audience. What do you think that is? Why do, why do critics like it so much? I think it's because he knows what it is. It's a B movie. He plays it that way. So they're, that homage is, is done well. So they, they credit True. it for that. Good point. What do you think, Brandon? I, I think that's probably part of it. And the fact that he does push those monster boundaries pretty high you know just like just making him so big and so i mean 
in all sense of their words, you know, just this giant woman, this poor lady that didn't read the script correctly. <laughs> and, you know, and then, and then even more so just all those people just stuck in that. I mean, well, how many were there? like five or six of them in that thing? Just bleh, it gives me the, that's why I'm not an actor. <laughs> Well, and they're having the time of their lives to imagine being in that uncomfortable of a position and you have to act like you're enjoying it. Ugh. 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 Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. Because once he penetrates the tentacle, it's enjoyment. See, see, I was right. I was right from the get go. <laughs> Just saying, I mean, Alan's on to something threw me off the entire podcast I looked frozen half the time because I was in deep thought. <laughs> Did I just endorse rape? The <laughs> cancel culture is coming for you. It is. This is the last podcast. We're not going to be able to post another one. <laughs> <laughs> so here's where I get here's my here's my summary and my rating. I get I I don't know that I'm on board entirely with the alien meets zombie vibe. It just doesn't hit home for me. I'm more of a traditionalist. I'd like to see either alien sci-fi or zombie horror. Like, I don't need the mixture of both. I get why they did it. It's fine. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying, for me personally, not my cup of tea. Um, love the practical effects. We mentioned that. I think really well done, for, especially for the time and budget considered. I think they're fun to... And I always... I'm a, I'm a ham for good practical effects. Like, yeah. love it. Yep. So I'm on board with that. Didn't care much for the characters. Like Brenda didn't really mean anything to me. Um, or not Brenda, Starla. Sorry, Starla's the main. Uh, she didn't really mean a whole lot to me. Uh, Michael Rooker's great as an actor. Also, Nathan Fillion is. But their characters were just kind of blah. I'd suggest go watching a movie that, like a, a classic. Go watch The Blob and you'll get the same thing. Um so I'm not in love with it. Uh, wouldn't watch it. Rewatchable. Rewatchability for me is probably pretty low. I don't need to see it again over and over. Brandon's just crying now on the other side of the screen. I was, I was curious what the budget was. I looked it up. $15 million. $15 million. And they barely made it back. And, uh, and there's, a, there's a reason why they barely made it back. Um, and I'm going <laughs> over those points right now. So... <laughs> No, I mean, look, it is what it, it's kind of that it, it, it's, it is a blah movie. I don't need to see it again. If I were interested as an artist in special effects, I might watch it because I think, like I said, there are cool things there. So if you were in the special effects department or you were interested in special effects as a filmmaker, it's cool to watch it, right? Um, but I don't need to see it again. I'm coming in. What did I give society? 5.8? Yep. 5.7. Wow. 5.7. You like society more than this? Yeah, I do. Oh, I do. I do. And I bet James Gunn does too. Probably. So (laughs) 5.7 what? We go 5.7 tentacles. Tentacles. I am surprised you hated this movie that much. It's not really that I hated it, right? It's just blah. Yeah, it is. It's just, yeah. It's blah. Cool things happen, cool effects, cool stuff. Didn't care. I'm a character guy, too. I get driven by True. characters. And I don't have a lot of characters here to care for. I just don't, you know? So <clears throat> Crazy. I, I'm trying to think if there's ever been a time when you've went that far below. 
the other ratings. That's that's nuts. Is it low? That's low, especially for you. It is lower for me. Usually I'm on the higher side. Yeah, almost always on the higher side. It's because Brandon so puts so much pressure on me. I just have to come he did. with a, I'm a so full confused. He did. Um, Wait, what did I give Sleepaway Camp? We haven't released that one. We may never release it, but we did rate it. <laughs> Sleepaway Camp, you gave 6.9 Ray Finkels. <laughs> Ray- Once again, the Sleepaway Camp is better than Slither. And what if you give Eyes Without a Face? That's what I'm curious about. Okay, let's see. Eyes Without a Face. Um, Which has also been recorded and never released. Gabe gave it 6.9. See, now I'm personally offended. <laughs> All his worst ratings are the ones that I pick. No, you you chose Eyes Without a Face. I chose Sleepaway Camp. Those aren't my worst ratings either. No. 6.9 is good, dude. Huh? 6.9 is good. This one is just is what it is, right? It's not... Yeah, that's crazy. Um, do you mind if I go through a couple people's yeah, go through, yeah, top absolutely. five go through horror story. movies? There are some very interesting ones. I probably won't go through all of them because there are a ton. Was this a, did you send out something or? Yeah, so it's on Twitter. So okay. I'll read out everyone's, um, I'm, I'm going to, I've got to tell you, man, I'm disappointed. Not, I don't think anyone chose Texas Chainsaw Massacre in any of their top fives. I had a that's, couple people and I commented on that. And a couple of people said it, I could switch it out, but it's, it's close, but it's not there. So, um, this one's interesting. Uh, read, sorry, Alan, read their handle off too. So I will know. for sure. This is from, uh, at Valerie of Ohio. And she says night of the living dead cabin in the woods, which is a really, really, really good movie. Nosferatu, the ring and the exorcism of Emily Rose, which is mm-hmm. an underappreciated film. I think. Um, I don't know about. I don't know if I can go with the ring on that one. Yeah, yeah the sorry. ring. I mean, I can understand why people. There's some revolutionary things there in terms of the genre, and they introduce some cool concepts. I don't know if it's. It really top five. brought J horror into America, and I think. True. I think for that alone, I, I can. I, I also think it may have been a lot of people's introduction into horror. That's true. Because that's kind of when it made it back into mainstream. Yeah. Um, it's referring to it's referring to the original Japanese or. The, who is it? Michelle Geller or somebody? Uh, uh, yeah, that's a good question. I think I think she's talking about the uh, the remake because I think oh, no, it's, uh, it's uh, uh, Naomi Watts. Yeah, Naomi Watts because the original was called Ringu. Ringu. Yeah. Oh, she probably would have said that. So yeah, that's that, I'm, that's what I'm guessing. Um, not a bad list though. Not a bad list. Yeah. Not you, you'll like this one, Gabe. This is from uh, at uh, Rob R zero zero one three. He said, The Exorcist, The Conjuring, The Shining, Let the Right One In, the original, which is outstanding, and Bone Tomahawk. Oh, Ooh. see? Tomahawk. This guy knows. Rob, you know Rob what's up. Rob knows what's up, man. Rob knows what's up. Um, Doug, who, and this guy is a horror aficionado. He is one of the panelists on the Horror Fight podcast. He said, The yes. Shining, Halloween, Jaws, The Witch, and The Thing. See, look at that. So, I mean, Gabe, they're right up your alley. The Witch, by the way, is really, really good. We yeah. had this discussion and how much I, I couldn't even get through it, right? It's I a had slow a, burn, but man, that is such a good movie. So I got to rewatch it, though, because you, you convinced me during our conversation that I needed to give it time. Um, Christian Judd, at Christian M. Judd, The Exorcist, The Shining, The Conjuring, 
Us and A Quiet Place. And the runner-up is the original Night of the Living Dead. I'm going to say contemporarily, I'm, I mean, in the last decade, in terms of variance of originality, see, and this is where you tie in sci-fi with horror. I think A Quiet Place did a phenomenal job with tying in that horror sci-fi genre. I really, I liked A Quiet Place. I haven't seen the second one, but I really enjoyed that that original. I thought it was really good. Uh, Us, I haven't seen either. The Conjuring, I don't know, man. It just doesn't do it for me. Um, My wife loves The Conjuring. A lot of people love it. It's just not my thing. A lot of people love it. I'm not, it's not definitely, it's probably not even in my top 20. I don't, I don't, yeah. I I don't think James Wan is, I, I think he's a little bit overvalued as a director. I, I love Saw, the original Saw. He did that. But other than that, I'm just not a huge fan. Um, if I expanded out, Saw's in my top 10. Yeah, I'd put that probably in a top 10. I liked but Insidious way more than The Conjuring. I would agree Agreed. with that. Yeah, I think that's way better. Uh, the with, Nun was terrible. What's that? The Nun, the Nun one? I haven't that- even seen it. I don't even want to see it. But Insidious, uh, that also has Patrick Wilson, Gabe's favorite. <laughs> I mean, that's the one drawback on Bone Tomahawk. I like Patrick Wilson, but he, he was like, he I don't just, know why. Yeah, I he, think he's fine. Like, I he's, he's fine. fine. That's what I mean, though. He's just Patrick Wilson. Yeah. He's not anything else. Um, okay. Uh, name Udin, which is at pick and roll all day. Gable like that. Nice. Rosemary's oh, Baby. Love that movie. By the way, I just that's the, a, underrated, and I don't think so people underrated. put it on their list. Yeah. Another slow burn, but really good. The Wailing, which I thought was okay. It's on Shutter. I haven't seen The Wailing. Possession, I have not seen. And then The Shining and Let the Right One In again. Again, these are, I mean, I'm really impressed with everyone's Me too. list. Mine is just, are so by the numbers. But uh, It helped validate mine too. When I heard bone to- someone had a bone tomahawk, someone had a Jaws. Everyone's I got The Shining. And The Shining. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, I'm which in the right wheelhouse. I The Shining as a horror movie. What's that? Oh, 100%. 100%. You don't think The Shining's a horror movie? Absolutely not. Oh, my God. It's Whoa. Like a, Whoa, you just blew my mind. What? It's really? a psychological thriller, if anything. It's horror. I think it's scary. Horrors. I think it's super scary. It's a great film. That's uh, another podcast. We'll just do a couple more. We won't do... I'll, I got three more. Um, Go ahead right. and do them all. Let's get everybody on there. Okay. Yeah. Byron. And he is at Byron... XFC and his is, is he, 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 uh, I think this is him said that, yeah, you know, it's kind of by the numbers. I don't, I disagree. I think he's spot on Halloween aliens. So that's the second one. Candyman, which I'm surprised more people didn't, didn't mention get out and 28 days later, get out. I don't, I don't consider that horror, mm. but it's good. That it's one I don't film. consider horror. That's, That's more of like a logical. Yeah, I agree. But 28 Days Later. Oh, beautiful film. Danny Boyle knocked it out of the park with that one. Awesome. Uh, good friend of mine. And, and Alan Revolutionary. It's a, it really is. Type, using digital film and like really yep. like utilizing it to the capacity for the storyline. Yeah, that's a great movie. Digital film, but it's still very gritty. It's got that film grain. Oh, it's it's just, it's a beaut- it's beautifully shot. Everything is just wonderful. A uh, good friend of mine, at Jim underscore jams, 28 Days Later, Exorcist, Poltergeist, Halloween, and Silence of the Lambs. Why have I not, why didn't I put Silence of the Lambs on mine? That's definitely, up. now here's the thing, Alan, on that list, he had, 
Poltergeist, your favorite movie of all time. Toby Hooper, same director as Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, same director in quotes. Hard quotes there. We had this conversation last horror month. Yeah, Spielberg directed that movie. That's why it's a very Spielberg film. How do you feel about your good friend having Poltergeist on his top five? Uh, I mean, to each his own. I I can, again... If, if you grew up watching that movie, maybe that was your intro to horror. I can understand the nostalgia to that. Yeah. But that's, it's yeah, just like Ghostbusters. It's, it's not very scary. That's my number six. Is it really? Oh, yeah. I'd love Poltergeist. Um, okay. This guy is Bill Derek favors a statue, <laughs> which if you're a jazz fan, um, we love Derek favors here, even though he's not on the team anymore. He is at build favors. Number one is the thing, the ritual. Aliens, Perfect Blue, which I have not even heard of. And number five, this is a great, great movie. If you like found footage, Ganjim, Haunted Asylum, which is, I think it's Korean. I think it's Korean. Uh, so good. It is a, it's an actual scary found footage film. I definitely recommend it. And I have not seen that movie, but I will vouch for every, and I haven't seen a lot, just maybe half a dozen, for any Korean film I've ever seen. Have you guys I watched think, Squid Game? Yeah. I haven't watched Squid Game yet. I haven't either, but everyone... But every Korean film I've watched, I've loved. They have fig- They've just nailed it. They've nailed it. Killed it. Um, Meet Voltron. He is at Meet Voltron. Alien. Mm-hmm. So he's, this is the first person that I've seen put actual alien, the first one in there. The Thing, Hellraiser, From Beyond, and John Dies at the End. Again, John Dies at the End, great book, great movie. I'm not sure that's a horror, though. It's weird. It's got horror elements, but I don't think I, I wouldn't consider it horror. But it's what do you, what do you, phenomenal. What do you put? What genre do you put it in then? I'd put if it, sci-fi comedy. That's what I would put yeah. it as. Yeah. So I let mean, me ask you this: while we're because I have this question because so oftentimes sci-fi and horror are just mixed up. Event Horizon, for example, is a perfect example of that. Like. You can't really call it a sci-fi. You really can't call it a horror. I mean, it's both. It, I mean, is it because of the setting of where it's happening? Do you do you let it be sci-fi? In fact, a lot of like the streaming services are like, here's a sci-fi slash horror section because it's so. Yeah, it's it, a lot of time it's intertwined, but it seems to me like you can have sci-fi on its own. You can have horror on on its own, but they do so often kind of merge in and out of each other. And mm-hmm. there's just a, there's there's a lot about sci-fi and like different worlds and different species and of aliens and stuff that it's just naturally creepy because it's just so foreign to us. So I, I it's definitely intertwined a lot, but I don't know. Like there's there's like would you consider Star Wars sci-fi? It's a radio drama. A radio drama. <laughs> <laughs> You mean, I mean you can just listen to it and understand yeah, I mean, it? Yeah, definitely you, can. you could. I mean, as a as a tiny little kid, there's some scary shit in the Star Wars, you know, like the big pit with the with the mouth and the you know, cutting off of the little furry dudes like the vagina faces food dude's face, you know. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, there's some scary stuff. Return but. of the Jedi, when they're in Jabba's palace, when I was a kid, that whole sequence scared the shit out of me. Oh, when he drops into the thing with the giant rancor just, thing? Even when they just walk in there and all those weird creatures and Jabba, like, talk about rape, man. Jabba's got Leia as a sex slave, essentially. Like, it's scary. That was a scary sequence for me when I was a kid. Yeah. 
Uh, Java now. Now the question is, Alan, is Java the Hutt raping Princess Leia? Of course, totally. Am I, I mean, am I the only one who thinks that? Why he's else is she in a bikini? He's a big slug, yeah. just like in Slither. He licks her. He didn't have a penis. He is he a penis. Need one. Neither did Slither. That neither did Slither. Slither had two. Slither had two. Yeah, they had the double barrel condom when you know, it doesn't. That's true. Doesn't have fun, you know. It's just the. That's true. To be honest, I just kept thinking of a humpback well. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> if, you ever watch, if you ever watch Discovery Channel, look at a whale's penis, and then you'll understand what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, no, it, you're absolutely right. The dork comes out. <laughs> oh, excuse me for. No, no, no. Educating myself. This is called a dork. It is. It's called a dork. Oh, I didn't. So I, I just got blown away by more information. <laughs> um, okay. Double Na- dork comes out then. <laughs> Nathan Butt Online. Nathan Butt Online. He is at Biggie Stardust. That's awesome. Uh, the Shining, Suspiria, but the remake, the 2018 one, Scream, Halloween, and he is having a hard time filling that fifth slot. Scream is overrated. Scream's fun though. I liked and, it, and it's fun. It fun. It was fresh when it, it first, was fun when it and, first and, came out. I liked it. Like I really enjoyed it, but it's it's very dated, very very. And like, by the way, a new one coming out. What's his handle? Biggie Stardust. Biggie Stardust. Oh, this dude's got to be my best friend, dude. That not only awesome. is he combining Biggie with David Bowie, but like, what is going on? That's like a. I got to meet this guy. That's the greatest handle yeah, I've ever it's heard. Great. Um, uh, we'll be starting on the next one, Biggie. Just guest star. Just make it happen. I'm, I'm inviting <laughs> Biggie you. Biggie Stardust. I'm blown away at the handle. I'll reach out there. to him, man. Yeah. Uh, Ain't Jude, and he is at Staircase Wit. And he said, in some order, get out, Insidious, The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2. And if there's one thing I like less than The Conjuring, it's probably The Conjuring 2. Um, <laughs> there, I mean, again, The Conjuring is not a bad movie. It's that, got but all Alan, the elements. That's like saying Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then saying Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. True. But it, part two, Chainsaw Part 2 is a different genre altogether. It is. It is. But I just mean like, why are we just lumping? That, it just, that's horrible. But then he also says, if we can include series, uh, then The Haunting of Hill House is my number one. It's phenomenal. And I agree. I, I didn't make that it. That was good. I couldn't make it through season two. It was too boring. I haven't watched season two either. But. It was too boring, and it became like a love story. Uh, and I just want my my scares. But that first season is outstanding of the haunting it's of Hill great. House. I totally agree. Yeah. And uh, that's it. We got them all. Nice. Those are those are great lists. So thanks for sending those out. Thanks for everyone for participating in those. And uh, that that's good. That makes me feel good that uh, I've got a couple on the same list as those. Uh, those those handles and these people they know their shit too. These aren't just you know regular, regular nobodies who don't know shit about horror. They they know their stuff. So yeah, good job, Gabe. Except for the Conjuring and the Conjuring too. I don't know about that. I mean, I get why people can like it. I get it, but it's just no, not. It's just not for me. I agree. I agree. Well, look, right. we have uh, one more week of this uh, horror month, so. Keep your eyes and ears open. Thanks for tuning in to the Tame Aperture Podcast. Today we talked Slither by director James Gunn, starring Michael Rooker, Elizabeth Banks, and Nathan Fillion. You can check it out on Peacock for free, which is what I recommend.
You can pay for it on YouTube, Apple TV, and Amazon Prime. Go check us out at TameAperture.com for previous reviews and for suggestions on future reviews. For Alan Brandon, this is Gabe with Tame Aperture signing out. The Tame Aperture podcast is produced by Dutch Angle Pictures in association with Studio B Productions. Listen, watch, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and YouTube.